as we go through this. Okay. So perfect. We'll uh, we'll dive into vision, of course, too. Um, and I'm I'm. Re- All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests, guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. If you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. Hey, 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 and welcome into Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder of First Class Business, co-founder of Able Health, CEO of Podbooker, and I'm excited to have Anna Shoup joining us today. I'll bring her on in just a minute. She is the founder of Summer Solstice Coaching. Now, while she's young, she has an incredible amount of wisdom and knowledge under her belt, which is one of the greatest reasons why I'm excited to have her here. I know, I know a lot of people in the market who don't have an authentic level of confidence um, that seem to just struggle with their own identity. And if that's you, um, you know, in different environments, whether that's you going into a role as a new profession, whether that's you as a parent trying to show up, whether that's you in your professional uh, world or or just, you know, in general, if you struggle with your own self-identity, um, she's a massive blessing. Um, I've always said that when it comes to learning how to live life, um, I would rather focus on the hours that we've spent uh, focused on our craft rather than how old somebody is, right? So you can have somebody who's 60 years old, who's been a pilot for 40 years, but maybe they've only flown that plane 100 hours versus somebody who has flown for 10,000 hours and is 22 years old, right? They have a lot more wisdom under their belt with that subject. Well, that's Anna when it comes to confidence. She just radiates confidence. Uh, I love her demeanor and her personality. So without further ado, let's bring on board and unlock a little bit of that. And if you can uh, can take away any notes about her confidence and, and what she puts down. It's going to be a tremendous blessing to your life. So Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Anna, how old are you? I am 26 years old, almost 27. 26, 27. So yeah. you're at that stage of life where you've been through the university, you've gone out on your own, you've established yourself for at least a couple of years. Um, and mm-hmm. At the same time, I can tell that you have this confidence that just goes way back. Um, you know, something that that adults sometimes never never get to. Whether you're 40, 50, 60, sometimes people miss miss the boat completely. So, uh, my first question for you out the gate is: Have you always been bold and confident? <laughs> it's a great question. You know, for me, I think I was very blessed with a wonderful upbringing of just strong females in my life and strong parents who really taught me, you know, how to be, you know, staying in your lane, really adapting to, you know, your morals and your values and keeping those close to your heart. Um, There are times where, you know, that confidence didn't always shine, right? Like, especially when it came to 
relationships or even schoolwork where, you know, I kind of had almost like identity crises of like, who am I and who do I want to be? But it really allowed me to, through the experiences that I've had, just be always tied back to what is my passion? What is my purpose? And how do I want to go about doing that? So, um, you know, it's been some trial and error, but as I've learned through those rock bottoms, if you will, of how to be even more aligned to my passion and purpose and just be so bought into it and just build my confidence through there. I think sometimes the hard times um, really refine and cultivate who we are so that we can become more of ourselves and more confident in the person that we're designed to be and how we're supposed to live out in this world. So. I love it. We're, we're going to circle back to this confidence concept as it pertains to entrepreneurs specifically um, yeah. and uh, ultimately people who are visionaries, right? Somebody who has a vision about something that's not currently here, right? And yeah. how do you how do you have confidence in something that doesn't exist um, right. and remain authentic with where it's at and inspire others by yeah. something that's not necessarily tangible in the here and now? So we're going to come back to that. I want to I want to hone in on what you said about strong females. Um, what are these strong, who are these strong females, um, that, that were in your life? Who, who's, who's built you up? You don't have to name their names perhaps, but you know, what type of relationship and what did you learn from them exactly? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great question. There's, there's a lot. Um, so I'm like, where do I even start? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say my grandmother was both of my grandmothers really were, um, just such strong females in my life. They both, you know, came from Croatia, came from off the boat and, um, they moved to the United States. So kind of hit that whole survival mode. And actually my mother's mother, so her name was Anka. Um, she actually started living on her own. She was in a refugee camp and started living on her own at 13 years old, where she had to like be a mother and take care of her relatives you know, in a totally new place in the middle of the war, you know, famine and everything like that. So she just built such a resilience and independence that really carried over here to the States. And just, you know, she taught that to, you know, my mom and my uncle and my aunts and everything. And it was just so beautiful. I was very fortunate to be around two very strong uh, grandmothers in my life. Um, growing up because we both we all lived in the Ohio area. So um, it was just wonderful to kind of grow up around that. And, you know, both of them were just so caring and, you know, just so strong in who they were. Um, my other grandmother, it's funny, but my other grandmother, um, you know, how she met my grandfather was very funny. They were, she was the waitress and he was getting food at the bar and he said something about another woman um, you know, in German, she happened to know German and came up to him and said, Hey, like, that's not how you talk to other people. That's not how you talk. And right there, he's like, I like this confidence. This is different. So, and, and they were married for over 50, over 50 years or so. Um, so again, just having that around. And of course my mom as well. Um, it's just amazing the amount of work that she's put in, um, for our lives and has just worked so hard and is just so strong. She's like the breadwinner of the house. She loves us to death and, um, and just so strong in who she is and, and isn't apologetic for it. She's like, I just, I'm who I am. And 
if you like me, that's cool. And if not, that's okay too. So it's been such a blessing to be grown up around that. I love that. And so, yeah, some people, some people are born into these environments um, with the right mentors in place. Some of us don't have that. Um, You know, I I did in terms of strong female guidance, my five sisters and my mom, though they were, they were extremely important in guiding me. At the same time, I had to look outside of my environment for fatherly figures, um, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and masculine role models. Um, And to this day, you know, I continue to embrace and look for, okay, which people are going to help me get to my next level? Um, what environment am I going to put myself in in order yeah. to continue to expand upon the uh, the foundation that I've laid for myself? So if you're out there mm-hmm. and you don't have a grandma like that um, and you don't have a sister like that or a mom like that, adopt one. Um, you know, go get it. Go get it for yourself. Um, it's yeah. super important to have people in your life who can who can help you grow. And that's also one of the things that Anna is now dedicating her life to. So um, let's let's talk about that. What what's your overall vision? Let's start there, and then we'll transition into what's your vision for those who are listening and those who you work with. Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, my vision is to kind of pat, pave, excuse me, this new way of thinking about mental health, about stress, and about physical ailments as well by using out-of-the-box solutions for both type A's and business owners. Um, So knowing that we don't have to fall into society's trap of telling us who we are, who we need to be, how we need to act, and everything like that, and how we should become. Um, It's really defying that stereotype and building a legacy that is so aligned to you and your purpose. I love it. So in terms of your vision for your clients um, and those who are listening, what can you expound on that a little bit? What more are you hoping that they transfer from and transition to? And uh, what what are the benefits of making that that crossover? Yeah, it's a great question. So I'll kind of give a little bit of background before diving in right into that question. But one of the things I've learned as growing up is that in each and every one of us, we have these little children that are inside of us. And oftentimes, because we get hit with, you know, beliefs or truths that are different from what that child needs, we end up abandoning that child and just hooking on to these different lies, which then manifests into more pain and things such as fears of rejection, fears of not being enough, fears of not being good enough. And I know for me, even though I had wonderful you know, I had a wonderful upbringing. My parents are also perfect, right? So I, throughout my life, I kind of collected and picked up a lot of these lies. And it got to the point where I was so stressed and I was so burnt out. I shamed myself a lot. And it kind of pulled me back from my passion and my purpose, right? And for me, one of the things that I've learned through my inner healing journey and something that I want to um, help my clients is help them, help them, excuse me, unlock that confidence, that passion, that happiness that's already inside them. You know, they don't need to rely on medications or procedures or what's the Band-Aid solution. It's actually a tuning back to who you are and that little kid, giving that little kid love. Um, So helping my clients do that and just knowing also that they have the power to connect with themselves and face some of those fears and challenges 
And when they do, while they're being attuned to themselves, they're just like blips on a radar. It doesn't even matter. They're blips on a radar and now actually propel them into their passion and their purpose and the legacy that they want to build for themselves and for their future bloodline. Excuse me. You're good. You're good. Okay. So we've got that inner child to embrace. Um, You know, we got to find it. Right. And, and recognize that it's there. And part of this leads into creating that sense of self-confidence. Right. Um, So what are some of the keys that get us there to where we can create a true sense of self-confidence? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So in terms of building that self-confidence, like I said, it's really tuning back to what that inner child needs. When you think about your inner child, it's just very, very simple things. We get so caught up in all the fears and the stresses and anxieties, anxieties of the world. It's like, how do we dial back into who we are? So it takes time to actually build that relationship, starting to understand like what this little kid needs or wants. And it could be something as simple as like, I need a hug. Hmm. I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm afraid. And how do you actually partner and nurture those needs and emotions that are coming out? Because oftentimes what we do is we just want to run away from the pain. When we say, ah, we're scared or ah, we're afraid, we want to run the other direction. And I actually just posted about this on my Facebook page. I think it was yesterday, but kind of the theory behind the cows and buffaloes. So when a storm comes for a cow, a cow just like runs away, but the storm cloud just keeps chasing them. So the pain just hits them over and over and over again. And and then if you think about the buffalo, if there's a storm cloud that hits, the buffalo actually runs through it. They actually face the pain with resilience and integrity and strength and just believe that they can weather the storm and go through that pain. And by being able to go through that pain, you're able to, again, build that confidence within you and, again, really dial in and attune to what is it that that little child in you wants or needs in that moment. So um, that's kind of what I would recommend in terms of creating that self-confidence is becoming so aware um, with yourself and what you're needing and then actually tackling it head on with no fear. That's awesome. Vulnerable moment. My best friend has an inside joke and he calls me the Buffalo monster. Um, So (laughs) I'll, I'll take awesome. it now that I know the self-confidence um, yes. goes hand in hand with that for sure. I'll take yes, it. Yes. Yes. I tell you, people, I'm like, be the Buffalo, be the <laughs> Buffalo. So <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Yes. So um, other asks. So it sounds like, uh, you know, this has a little bit to do with fight and flight. Um, if You know, mm-hmm. for those of you listening who aren't familiar with the concept, some of us have a tendency to be fighters. That's me in my nature. I fight, um, you know, yeah. and other people have this tendency to to be flight in nature. Both both aspects can be strengths um, when honed appropriately. Both acts yeah. at, at both aspects, both personalities can be weaknesses um, if you're not careful and you go too far off the deep on one side or the other. So um, do you tend to gravitate towards coaching people who are more flight mindset or people who are struggling and dealing with maybe being over aggressive as fighters? I'm just curious. Oh. It's a great question. 
I'll also say there's two other components aside from fight and flight. Oh, there teach, is teach, teach. Yes, there is freeze and there is fawn. So with freezing, people just kind of get stuck. In fawning, it's you kind of creep back just a little bit. It's kind of being more of that like submissive or more subordinate. So um, most of the time I gravitate with clients who have more of that freeze mentality. Um, again, with working with people who are overachievers or they're type A's, a lot of times they hit those perfectionist tendencies of, I have to make the right decision. If I don't do this, what's going to happen? And they, again, they get so caught up in the what ifs and hows is that they're, you know, they just kind of keep going around, around, around like in a hamster in a never ending wheel. And because of that, they don't act. And inaction is actually an action within itself. So I help a lot of clients, especially in that state, not that I don't help any of the other states because in life we oscillate between those, right? Um, But people who just kind of feel stuck, they're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I, I don't really know what to do. I'm so scared and things like that. And really breaking down well, why is it that you're scared, right? And a lot of it, again, it comes back to that inner child development that I was talking about earlier is really breaking down, like what are some of those belief systems that you started to believe about yourself that aren't the truth? You know, Do you think that you're not enough? Do you think that you have to perform to receive love? Do you not feel accepted? Do you not feel wanted? And then actually, under, one, understanding how that's played out in your life. But then two, how do we actually start healing those gaps and holes within your heart? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, again, like I said, most of the people are in that freeze category, but it really just it, it spans based on the situation, who you're interacting with what environments, like a ton of different things. So. Absolutely. So if I want to make a quick note. Um, if you aren't in it already, join Anna's Facebook group, the Soothing Stress Collective to continue to stay in touch with her. Um, you know, and also you get access to a free meditation guide um, yes. amongst other um, other help. So with that, with that said, going back to these concepts, now you taught me about this fawning thing, by the way. Um, I, yes. I hadn't considered it and I, probably would have had to use a dictionary um, had you not mentioned <laughs> what fawning is. That's kind of how fight-centered I am. Um, so freezing and fawning. Um, mm-hmm. And so describe for me a little bit further, what is somebody's uh, demeanor like when they have a tendency to, do you say a tendency to fawn? Is that the proper yeah. use of the word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with, with fawning, it's more... Um, as opposed to like running away, it's just being a little bit more reserved. If you kind of think of like a deer, if you will, who's mm-hmm. just like a little kind of like a little baby. And it, it kind of falls into that imposter syndrome, if you will, of like kind of falling backwards and just like kind of kind of letting a- a- everyone else take storm, if you will. So you mentioned um, you mentioned they tend to become more subordinate. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. true. I, that's a word I'm very familiar with, um, yeah. and a, a concept as well as, um, you know, for those again who um, are looking for simpler, you know, it's it's akin to being willing to be submissive, or even if you go to the extreme, a slave, um, you know, to 
a, a given scenario um, where you're willing yeah. to allow somebody else to control your outcomes um, exactly. for you. And, you know, and we, we are all slaves to some degree in what we do in life. Um, you know, and some people are, are so scared of that word itself. They don't want to talk about it. Or they might attack. But, um, you know, if I have a vice, for instance, in my life, something that I have to do, well, right. that's, that's me being a slave, allowing that that subject or that matter to control my mind and control my heart. And, and basically I am being acted upon by whatever that is. So um, I've kind of strayed a little bit from the concept, um, but each one of these elements, they seem like things that, that you study out um, and you look for solutions to, is that correct? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's really understanding kind of why it is like, why it is that the behavior is happening? Is it something that mom told you or something that dad told you to act like? And then, or maybe somebody else within your childhood, because all of our experiences are built from our childhood. Like we're like sponges when we're kids. Um, and then from there, it's kind of undoing some of those unhealthy patterns and reframing your mindset into who is it that you actually are and what is it actually that um, you know, we need to cultivate here. So, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So yeah. one of the questions we have for you on here is what makes you different than other coaches, but I actually want to stray from this a little bit. Yeah. A lot of go people think they have to go to a therapist or a psychologist or a psychotherapist. Um, right. There's yeah. so many different layers of, of coaching, if you will, there's lifestyle coaches, holistic, um, you know, the, the, the spectrum is quite broad. Um, yeah. I'm going to say right now that I've, I've worked with a lot of therapists and I've let them all, I've met a lot of them. Most of the ones that I met and that's a big reason why, why they are, um, in their careers. They're not necessarily in a great position to heal or provide healing and guidance. Um, and then there's, there's what you're doing. Um, I don't think you have your doctorate. Uh, I'm just guessing. I don't think that do on the, the a good guess. <laughs> so let's talk about the perhaps the pros and cons or what's different about what you do than each of these other types of coaches, um, because I think it's helpful for those who are listening to know, you know, like what are your strengths and, and who should be gravitating towards you? What types of solutions do you create for people um, and, yeah. and what's going wrong in the market in terms of what are people running into that's not helping them? that is commonly accepted as useful or helpful. Let's just go all over the map with that. Oh, I love this. I love this question. Um, so I'll kind of tackle the first part in terms of, you know, therapists, you know, things like that. And I think I never say no to therapy. I think therapy is great and I think it's beneficial and I totally condone it. Cause that is for me, like I've been to therapy when I was in like a relationship or even like for myself, I've gotten therapy. So it is very beneficial. I think the thing that could, um, where therapists can improve on or kind of where it goes astray is that, you know, kind of like what you were saying, people with very high level degrees of education. So whether it's, you know, their doctorate, their master's, whatever, they have a lot, a lot of logic which is awesome, right? I mean, they give you, you know, all the self-care guides and the self-help strategies. Well, have you thought about this? Did you think about it this way? And that's filled with a lot of logic. 
which is great for our adult brains, but it's missing a key component. It's missing the emotion. We need to feel some of those things. And like I said, because as we become adults, we start to delve into this logic thinking, all these belief systems where in actuality, we're abandoning our inner child. So how do we actually connect with that little boy or little girl who just wants to feel and just wants to feel loved? So I think that's the thing when it comes to therapy that was for me missing at least and you know, for other people as well, because sometimes what therapy does as well, not only do they just give you the self-help and self-care strategies, all that kind of stuff, um, but one, they figure out, or I'm sorry, they don't figure out what's the best way for you. They just throw it at you and hope that you can apply it. But then also the answer is medicine. Like, oh, well, you're depressed or, oh, you're, you have anxiety. Oh, you're stressed. Here's some medicine. I'm like, well, that's not actually the answer either, because that's such a band-aid solution to the problem. I kind of call it the whack-a-mole, if you will. Um, people just like, okay, I'm going to handle this problem. Boop, knock it with medicine. But then something else pops up. And that something else could be um, digestion issues or digestive issues, hormones, um, nutrition, just like so many other things. Suicidal thoughts. It's like, okay, I'm depressed, but you're going to give me medication for it, but then it's going to possibly make me more suicidal. Like, you know, that's what I call the band-aid solution. So in terms of differentiating well, and doctors it, admit that, you know, like that's yeah. something to be aware of. They, they're making their best guess, um, yeah. you know, off of a, a professional set of questions, but often right. without the necessary blood work tests, um, you know, and, and, and other, assessments that are necessary because they know how much it costs and most yeah. patients are are prohibited in their ability to uh you know research their own health and well-being so um you know if you know it's it, it's i don't want to piss people off but you know it's kind of akin to being a lab rat um yeah. and yeah. you know it's gonna make some people unhappy but uh, and i've done that. i've been there i've done that i've tried that too um, yeah. and, and so I've, I've gone the medication route. I've talked to, to therapists in my life and, uh, not that again, it's, it's not that every medicine is bad, right. but how many times are you going to let yourself be the whack-a-mole, you know, be the mole in the process, like, you know, the lab rat, so to speak, like that, yeah. that was just, it just seems so dangerous and scary to me, um, yeah. to put your, to put your own emotional ability to master who you are, how you feel in the hands of a pill. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, that, it, that's scary. It is. It is so scary. It's so scary. And just, you know, all the damaging effects that it has long-term is even scarier. Again, it's the whole concept of go the full circle with that real quick for the, for the trollers, the ones that yeah. are about to troll on this and say, <laughs> why not give Anna a shot? Right. What's stopping you from at least having a conversation with somebody like Anna, you know, who's got confidence? You can hate all you want, you know, on 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 this concept. You get mad. You can you can say, well, that does that's not true for me. Or you get defensive for the people who need the medicine. Like, I get it. I we understand your side of the argument. But if you're so emotionally wound up about this that you're not even willing to explore options. Right. And talk about it. That might if there's your sign. 
right? There's your sign that you should probably consider having a conversation with somebody new because not every therapist, not every coach, not every program, not every one-on-one session is equal. Um, and I've also been to some therapists who do too much guidance, even though they're yeah. not supposed to, they're not supposed to guide you in psychology. They're supposed right. to ask questions to you. Um, and yeah. so if you find one who's starting to kind of get antsy with you and control your life or control your decisions or, or tell you what to do, um, in large part, from what I understand, they're going outside the bounds of what they're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. so yeah. that's, again, you get to break free from those rules and with what you do in coaching, but what, what percentage of what you do is listening and hearing people out? What percent is, is guiding? Um, and I know it's not yeah. going to be exact, but you know, yeah. in, in most cases, what does that look like? Yeah, I would say, honestly, it's um, it's actually split into three ways, right? So I would say about maybe 10% of it is that guiding that you're talking about, you know, the self-help and the self-care strategies, because putting those in place and maintaining those are important. Um, the other part, I would say probably about 30% or so is asking and just listening. I think it's really important to ask the right questions. Kind of like what we were talking about with yeah. doctors, they ask the very surface level questions. Well, have you felt like this recently? This, 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 but how about like, well, have you felt like this all the time? What were you motivated by as a child? What excited you as a child? Have you felt mm. this way? Like those kind of questions, again, really getting to the root cause. Ooh, it gives me so, goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say 60% of it honestly is self-discovery and breakthrough. I'll kind of ask some questions, but that allows the person to kind of probe and think like, Oh, I never thought like that before. Well, let me, let me think about it this way. And we actually go through an encounter where we actually tap into that inner child inside of you. Like, Okay, now that you're feeling all these, let's see what like your little kid is saying. And I just, I just kind of sit and watch. I maybe like I kind of provide some guided questions, um, and they're very, very simple. Of like, so what is resonating for you? What's coming up for you? And they'll just excavate all of these things and emotions and memories that from when they were four, where they felt this exact same way, and then carrying them through to a place of peace and calm. And then afterwards, when, you know, we come out of that little encounter, if you will, they're like, wow, like, I feel clearer. I, I feel better. Like, I don't feel as stressed or as anxious. Um, and, and I actually had a person mm. as well. I think this is both on the Soothing Stress Collective and on my Facebook group, but I had a person, she was an entrepreneur. And when we first started, she's like, I literally, I am under so much stress and anxiety. Like I literally can't move my hands. She's like, I I'm in so much pain. Like I have a lot of flare ups, you know, like, um, eczema rashes, like I have brain fog, just all this kind of stuff. And just in like 30 minutes, just asked her a couple questions, took her through what that inner child is needing and feeling. And after it, um, she was literally like crying. She's like, oh my gosh, like I have tears in my eyes. And I, this is the first time I've been able to move my hands this morning. And it's like those kind of things where it's required no medicine. 
It didn't require extensive hours, no cost. It was just, hey, talk to me a little bit. What are you Being feeling? Heard. What's coming up for you? And exactly, that's all that we need in our lives. We're As humans, we're very complex, but we're very simple at the same right. time. We just want to be wanted and loved, heard, and seen. Look, and it's, it's not unusual for those of you who are listening to not understand yourself. Yeah. I think that's so important yeah. to embrace and realize is that you're uh, you're often too close to yourself to be able to figure yeah. out what's going on. Um, and it's yeah. so important to be able to open up. The, I, I know there's a lot of masculine people who would hear this section that you're talking about all this inner child stuff and be like, ah, um, you know, they, yeah, they're scared of it. Um, and I'll yeah. be honest, like as a man, like it's kind of a scary subject. And I was thinking like, why is that? You know, I think a portion of that is because mm -hmm. as men, we are commonly told to grow up. Yeah. We are commonly feel told, your feelings. you know, yeah. that we are, uh, you know, that we shouldn't be so childish, that we shouldn't be so immature. Right. And there's a lot of truth, you know, to those statements. We've earned that um, as a gender. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not an unfair <laughs> statement. But if we put an unfair focus on it. Right. Or if we if we accidentally uh, ignore that inner child like you talk about or never mm -hmm. learn to surface it because we're just trying so hard to stay away from it, you know, and be that masculine provider, um, you know, or that person who has to, has to be stoic in nature. I love stoicism by the way, but it's yeah. often taken to an extreme or utilized in the wrong way um, yeah. where they got some of the concept. They've learned how to, how to not talk about their feelings, um, you know, but that's not necessarily healthy. So um, I'm excited for people to pick up with you on that one. I do want to shift gears a little bit into yeah. stress and entrepreneurship. Um, oh, so yes. <laughs> we're going to go to a totally different topic. Um, this, this lady reminds me like, whoa, you know, I'm thinking this person, if they can't move their hands and they're dealing with those types of things like that. What a tough career, um, to choose because entre entrepreneurship is full of challenges and the yeah. unknown is yeah. rampant in your life. You got to have like a buddy, buddy feeling with the, the unknown, um, you know, in order to really survive yeah. entrepreneurship sometimes. Right. Um, so let's talk about stress and entrepreneurship. Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? What types of uh, guidance do you have for entrepreneurs who are, um, you know, in, in battle with stress, perhaps on a daily basis? Yeah. Oh, well, good question. So, I would say just kind of to set the stage with set the stage with it is that really being attuned to who you are and like your passion and your purpose and getting healing for any self-limiting beliefs or fears that might be in your way that's important for everyone but that's really 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 important for entrepreneurs with the entrepreneurial mindset it's or entrepreneurial but the entrepreneurial life, if you will, it's 80% mindset and 20% business strategy and tactics. Oftentimes yeah. entrepreneurs- I'd give it 95 yeah. and five, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I would. It is, and it's a lot of it is mindset. And oftentimes when entrepreneurs first start, they flip the script and they think they have to focus on all these tactics and strategies. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you really need to get bought into like who you are. Why, what do you have authority in and how can you actually tell that story to the world? 
And you are going to have, it, it's just it, the game of entrepreneurship is, you know, it's not going to be a quick game. You know, you, you just have to be in it for the game, but your, your business is just the vehicle for which you disciple or you communicate your passion and purpose to others. Your business is just the vehicle in which you do it. And, you know, with entrepreneurship, it's, you know, it does take time and there are going to be trials and ups and downs. And there are going to be those naysayers who actually tell you, you are not wanted, your ideas suck. And it's like, how do you actually kind of tune back in, become grounded again in your centeredness? Like when a stressful situation pops up for an entrepreneur, and again, this is for anyone as well in this case, but when a stressful situation pops up, do you just white knuckle it and just keep, well, I'm going to just keep going, going, going? Or do you take a pause and say, hey, I'm noticing that I'm stressed. Let's see what my inner child needs and then get some healing in there. And that'll bring you back down to a place of balance. So that's really, really important. It won't that. Oh, sorry, our connection's cutting a little bit. Um, but I want to calibrate one small thing that you said. Um, we can agree to disagree yeah. on it for sure. Um, but I think it will be helpful for both of us and our audiences. And that's that time can be, time can be part of the equation, right? Most people don't hit it big fast. And at the same time, depending on your limiting beliefs, right? Your ability to have that open mindset and the abundance mindset. Oh no, I've seen entrepreneurs hit it quite fast. Um, and, and hit it very well, quite fast. Is that yeah. the, uh, you know, the rule or is it the exception to the rule? It's the exception to the rule. We're talking about people who are extremely well-balanced individuals that figured these yeah. formulas out faster than most. Um, yeah. So that those exceptions do exist, but it is very helpful to realize that most people, like if you're part of the, the rule group, time is going to be a factor if you have limiting beliefs that are holding you back. Um, and you, you don't want to be, mm -hmm. you don't need to be ashamed of that. Um, it sounds like one of the things that you, you recommended too, um, in relation to dealing with stress is that we need to be open to more balance in our lives. Um, yeah. right. You can be, tr you can try to sprint a marathon every day. Um, yeah. right. But that's not how you successfully prepare for or run marathons. So yeah. let's talk about regaining balance as a business owner. What are some things that entrepreneurs could be doing some simple things, right? That take two, five, 10 minutes uh, to, to regain their balance and to feel less pressure from the stress. Yeah. Oh, such a great question. Such a great question. And again, a lot of this is going back to the basics. So, you know, this isn't just for entre or entrepreneurs and business owners, but it's also for, you know, just people in the ring of it when it comes to imbalance and stress. But it's constant, not constantly, but it's periodically kind of assessing like, hey, like in my day to day activities, what does my balance look like in terms of work, play and rest? I kind of divide them into three categories. Are you like burning the midnight oil and not giving yourself to like have some fun or maybe just rest and relax? Because the play and rest actually feed into your work. It actually helps you grow and work even faster. Because what I used to do is just work, 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 work. Thought that was a great solution, you know, before I became a business owner. But then my productivity was super low. I was super unhappy, all that kind of stuff. 
So it's really assessing those things, one, kind of where you're at, but then two, giving time for yourself to think about what does work look like for me? What does play look like for me? What does rest look like for me? And making sure, especially as you're a business owner, that you're blocking off that time within your calendar. So maybe playing for you looks like going to the gym. Some people love going to the gym. Mm. Are you blocking off that time in your calendar? Maybe rest looks like reading a mystery novel that you haven't read in ages and it just excites you. Block that time in your calendar throughout the day and making sure that you can put yourself first and balance those areas so that you can show up for your career, you can show up for yourself, and you can also show up for your family and loved ones. Because if you're out of balance and you become irritable or unhappy, that spills around the people around you and your clients. Your clients actually know, and even prospects, they know like, ooh, she's like on edge or he's on edge. Something's something's kind of off. So, you know, just making sure that you're doing that. And then of course, like affirming yourself each day, like this is something I do daily is just really thinking about, okay, like what happened today that I'm really grateful for? What are some things that I want to affirm myself in? Like I am loved, I am wanted. My business is going to grow despite the hills and valleys. Like just those kind of things and actually visualizing it, whether it's a post-it note, whether you create a vision board, you know, whatever that may be. Um, so that you can see it and it's subconsciously programmed into your brain. So it's, again, another way to kind of rewire those neurological pathways that we were talking about before. Um, mm. And again, it kind of brings you back. It centers you into who you are and why you're doing what you're doing as a business owner. I love that. Um, yeah. Rest, play and gratitude. And I love that you brought up that, you know, you mm. have to figure out what play is to you. You know, you mm -hmm. mentioned the gym. I freaking hate the gym. Um, <laughs> you know, I that doesn't. That I I do my best, um, but that is not yeah. playtime to me. Um, yeah. You know, I play pool. Um, that's that that yeah. makes me feel better. Like that's my game um, of of choice. Yeah. Now that I've had a back surgery, that also yeah. changes the reason why I'm not a big fan. Or for rest, I go sit by the pool at my apartment complex, which is a really nice environment. There's a golf course right mm -hmm. behind me. Um, you know, I watch the sunset and I, I get done the easier things for work. Um, like the communication that I love in those moments, there are, yeah. there are things that we love to do in our business. There's things that we don't love to do. Um, yeah. right. And so sure. some of those can actually fuel us, um, depending on, on, uh, again, recognizing what you, what you do and don't like about what yeah. it is that you do. So you mentioned uh, confidence. Um, you meant, well, you mentioned specifically that with some entrepreneurs, you can tell, right? If they're yeah. stressed, you know, if they're mm -hmm. on edge or whatever, oh, and yeah. it, it is pretty easy to see, especially when oh, yeah. I have a LinkedIn automation tool, right? So I got mm -hmm. my LinkedIn automation messages going out and I'm contacting leaders, um, you know, and one of the, the things that I'm using right now is a line that says, can I get your opinion as a leader? Um, you know, very simple question and you, you can't tell it's automated. Um, most people probably presume it is because almost everything on LinkedIn is automated. But yeah. what is so ironic to me is how many of these, uh, holistic wellness coaches and, uh, you know, or, or professional executive leaders react 
in such a negative way that's not a very good reflection of what they portray themselves as being in the market. Um, you know, they, they dive into this super negative tone right away without giving it a chance. And, and you know, I, I understand why they do it. But that's not how that's not how A-list leaders respond or react. You know, we if we want to be that A-list leader, then we've got to be more in control of our emotions and not try to, you know, if I get a negative message on LinkedIn, I ignore it. I don't have time for it. You know, yeah. I don't want to make time for it. So yeah. it is it is telling. It's funny to see. So uh, shifting gears to those who you can't tell with, right? There are lots of entrepreneurs who I found have an extreme confidence about themselves built on great virtues and at the same time mm -hmm. have chaos um, going on in their life. They have, yeah. they're, they're really struggling. Um, you know, they have some serious problems, whether it's because COVID and, and what happened with that and they're still trying to recover from it, or they are, you know, worried about the banks right now, what's going on with that or affected, um, you know, by, by loan rates. Um, you know, or whatever else it is that, that could, you know, they have employees who are quiet quitting. There's a lot of factors that could be going on. It's my alarm telling me we're done. Um, so, <laughs> but real quick on that note, um, what advice do you have for the confident entrepreneur who's quietly dealing with, with bigger problems? Uh, why should they come and talk to you? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I think with that, it's, Again, just really getting to the root of it, because what happens is despite all these external things that happen, that shouldn't affect our internal locus of control. Hmm. What happens in the outside, they're just circumstances, right? And you have to think about actually break it down to what are the thoughts that I'm thinking? What are the emotions that I'm feeling? And as a result, what are the words and actions? And that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients is breaking down some of those things and especially entrepreneurs as well, because we have these excuses like, oh, well, the economy, oh, well, this, all of that. And then you start getting worried, which brings you to a triggered state. And when your brain is in a triggered state, you can't make decisions. It's very, very hard to make decisions. So it's, okay, how do we actually come back and remove that trigger, if you will, so that you can make decisions going forward? And I know it's something I've dealt with personally. Like I was doing my taxes last week and I started getting nervous about my finances. I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I'm doing this. Oh, what, what does this bank look like? And I started getting worried, worried, negative thoughts spiraling. And I was like, this isn't going to be effective for myself and my clients. So let's just pause. Let's go back to my, let's kind of go back and rethink what I need to do. Because I thought, oh, do I need to get like a full-time job? Like, do I need to get more part-time jobs? Like, what should I do? But then when I kind of recentered myself, asked the questions that I usually ask my clients, take myself through an inner child encounter, all my little girl needed to hear is that everything's going to be okay and that the Lord is going to present opportunities that are going to be forthcoming. And then once I kind of cleared that chaos, if you will, that chaos that was just built in my own brain, okay. I was like, okay, I know what I'm going to do next. I'm going to, you know, do this decision, do this decision, do this decision. So 
Um, again, it's kind of this chaos. It's only what we make of it. We can choose to fall into the chaos or we can choose to think differently and resiliently. Well said. Yeah. And vision pros out there listening, this was an absolute honor and blast. I learned so much in this myself, and I'm grateful for you. Mm -hmm. As a vision pro, remember that if your vision is also to be built, right? If you have not laid your first brick or you're in the process of building that first house, if you will, where you have a refuge, it is perfectly fine to be part time on the vision and make sure that you are building a sustainable lifestyle along with it. Don't be afraid yeah. to do that. Anna, you're a fantastic representation of building visions the right way. I look forward to seeing your vision unfold over the next couple of decades as well. And thank you so much for being here. Vision Pros, connect with Anna any way that you've seen us post. Uh, dive into her Facebook group. Feel free to say hi. And we will see you on the next show. Everybody have a fantastic day. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for, uh, for